0: listening to the private citizen defending your right to have something to hide this is episode 95 for thursday the 11th of november 2021 fuck the eu hey everybody welcome to the show my name is fab coming to you live from dusseldorf in germany i'm your host uh i was gonna say for for tonight but i'm i'm your host for this whole show and uh for this episode and yeah um First off, uh, I'm going to have to say uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get the episode out yesterday on Wednesday, as I usually do, and, and that's the plan. Um, but I am, um, I, mean, I mean, I'm generally always very busy, but in November uh, I'm trying to do, oh, sorry for hitting the microphone there. <laughs> um, I'm also shaky, too much coffee or not enough, I don't know. Um, I'm—I um, In November I'm taking part in NaNoWriMo. Uh, So uh, you're trying to write a novel uh, in a month, like 50,000 words in a month. Um, I'm writing my uh, novel, Grim Deep. Uh, I'm I'm continuing that. And so it's just more time. And yesterday I just had enough, uh, a lot of stuff, other stuff to do. And then, you know, I was also by the time I got to when I could have, I technically could have recorded the podcast, but I was so frazzled. Like it wasn't really... Um, It wasn't advisable. So I thought I'll I'll push it off to, uh, you know, uh, Thursday and you'll survive that. And I guess uh, I hope you have. (laughs) Hope you're all right. Anyway, um, so this is just the episode I wanted to do yesterday. Just a day late. I'm sorry for that. Um, What is this episode going to be about? I'm going to talk about a uh, new regulation in the EU that you might not have heard about unless you're into um, injecting ink under your skin, i.e. tattooing. Um, it's obviously a topic that is close to my heart. Uh, I have several tattoos. I have several color tattoos. Um, I got one on my uh, lower arm. I've got one on my shoulder. Um, I like tattoos, um, but um, this isn't so much about the actual legislation. Although it's a funny story or depending on it's, it's infuriating but you know it's an interesting story um but it this episode's going to be more about generally you know the eu and how it legislates sometimes because we've talked about the eu a lot uh, obviously i'm in europe uh, and in the eu uh, i'm in germany and uh you know has a big influence on my life um but it also i mean we have talked to mike about this several times when we had discussions it's just generally obviously a very um important um, geopolitical player even if you're in the us uh you know the eu was basically founded to be a competitive against the u.s in a global market so you know we basically if you look at the world you have the us you have china you have russia and the eu those are the four big players um i would say and um so you know the eu influences just like the decisions in the u.s influence us over here Uh, decisions over here influence uh, the u.s not so much i mean this this one isn't like the actual topic this is about probably um doesn't matter that too, too much but as I said I'm going to I'm trying to make a f- put a focus on like the general way the EU legislates which we've talked about on the show before um, especially in connection with Brexit and this is a situation where you know if you're reading this it's almost like it's Brexiteer propaganda ex- except it's not it's actually <laughs> it's, it's actually some regulation that the EU seriously uh, did itself um, and it's not even like propaganda so that's why I'm going to talk about that. I hope you like it. It's a little bit left field, but it's a topic close to my heart. And I think it's also um, important in the context um, of stuff that we talked about. And we will talk about uh, in the future. I have another episode uh, with Mike on the horizon where we're going to talk about some, um, you know, um, kind of pivoting from, you know, the 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 effects of the uh, coronavirus pandemic on all our lives and our civil rights and everything towards um, the next big thing, which was the last big thing, which is climate change and, you know, the, the legislation that is going to come in and how that all plays together with the stuff from the p- pandemic. And so, you know, it's see it in the, in the greater context of that topic, uh, this episode, where um, it's, you know, it might not be privacy related, might even not be that specifically... I mean it certainly not doesn't infringe any like it's in itself it doesn't infringe any uh, like civil rights right i wouldn't say there's like civil rights to have a certain tattoo ink um although in my uh, if i made the rules it probably would be <laughs> but i think it's not important enough for for most people but it's uh, it's just take it as an example of because i feel and i'm going to explain that at the end of the actual topic um, I'm going to try to explain how I feel like this shows how how the EU regulates and mandates things and how it often shows like a, uh, what I feel is like a, a lack of respect for people's freedoms and, you know, their personal rights, even though they're not like it's not a human right, you know, to have a colorful tattoo. Um, but... Yeah, so that's um, that's what I'm going to do today. If you're wondering why the episode is called Fuck the EU and what that soundbite was, <laughs> that was... Um... <laughs> U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for uh, the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Newland, uh, under the Obama administration, when the whole thing was kicking off in Ukraine, you know, Euro and uh, you know the Ukraine crisis, that that was a taped phone call that. Uh, Is believed to have have been uh, you know phones had been bugged apparently by the Russians and they leaked this phone call and this is you know Victoria Newland. basically voicing her opinion on the eu i thought it, it fit this topic i also really like that sound but, Uh victoria newland by the way um after something you know if you're a diplomat and you're doing something like this you, you'd think you get reprimanded or fired or whatever um she is now i think she's under secretary now she's under under biden so she's actually uh got promoted probably uh you know i don't know i didn't look this up but she probably uh lay low during the trump years and uh it's now back in force um anyway i kind of i <laughs> kind of like that sound bite so that's that's where that uh came from anyway let's get into the uh the topic we want to talk about let's talk about needles which i really don't generally like So, uh, I really, I'm not a fan of needles. You could say I'm afraid of needles myself. Um, so with tattooing, I like the, um, the result, but I very much don't like the process. Um, I can definitely not watch it when it's being done to me. Um, <laughs> so I have to look away. Like when I got my lower arm tattoo, it took several hours and I just, I just couldn't look at it and it, you know, I just, I'm i I'm a, a it's it. like the pain was really bad, but, um, I like the, um, the, uh, you know, the results and actually maybe, uh, before I get into the topic, maybe talking about this very quickly, um, I understand that there's probably a lot of people who listen to this, who would never get tattooed, who don't think it's a, it's a good idea. Um, so I believe, I strongly believe there's two kind of people in the world, uh, you know, there's those people you get tattooed and those who don't, of, of course, sometimes you switch over from one camp to the other, well, in one direction generally, um but um it's like i feel like um it's uh i'm a bit prejudiced when it comes to tattoos when i see somebody who has a tattoo um like you know you know how you meet somebody and like you you shouldn't do this but every human does this this is how police work works this is how everything works how journalism works when you meet somebody anything you know where you have to do with people you see somebody and you kind of judge them a little bit like you, 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 you look at what they're wearing and you kind of like, you know, you you try to fit them into, um, into like compartments in your brain, right? Immediately before they even said anything. Um, I try to not have that influence me too much, of course. Uh, like you know, I think this happens very much subconsciously as well, and I, I try to reflect on that. And um, whenever I meet somebody, and of course when somebody says something or does something it will override this uh, initial uh, characterization so to speak but i definitely have noticed that if i meet somebody who has tattoos he's definitely i have more respect for that person i, I think like i the, the my prejudice will be that they're cooler um which doesn't mean I don't think people don't have tattoos aren't cool I think it's a it's a it's a lifestyle choice right It's like when I talked about religion on the show before it's really uh it's up to you right i don't wanna i don't want I would never talk anybody into getting a tattoo and I would never talk anybody out of getting a tattoo for example I don't like piercings right that's because I don't like metal under my skin um but you know so i i don't um I'm not a fan of piercing i'm piercings so I'm not a fan of looking at them actually but like you know whatever it's like your personal choice right i will not like um well you know maybe i'll subconsciously judge somebody but i'll try to regulate that you know my 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 waking mind is trying to regulate that so so i think it's a it's a very much a personal choice i just think um uh you know the 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 people who who tend to get tattoos tend to be the people who are I think this is probably prejudice, but I just wanna, you know, this full disclosure, right? We're doing the show, I'm gonna usually I put my I put everything in the show notes, private sits in our press, every, every everything I use, you know, all the all the sources. And I kinda wanna in the spirit of um we talked about this before, like Gon- Gonzo journalism. Sorry, I keep hitting the microphone. I'm like Italian. I'm like uh, using my hands a lot, which you can cannot see because this is a podcast. Well, if you're if you're watching live and you or you look at the recording on YouTube later, then you can see it. But you know, I'm sorry, sorry for that. Um, where was I? Um, right. Uh, I so for me like. In the spirit of full disclosure, that's that's you know I, I want to give you that information so you can judge what I'm what I'm saying here right in the spirit of console journalism so to speak. Um, so I I personally think that people who tend to get tattoos are people who uh, live a bit more in the moment. There are like uh, you know people who don't worry about they don't have that much or they i mean it depends lots of people get lots of lots of people get tattoos very different tattoos for very different reasons and you know there are lots of people who get tattoos when they're younger and then they're later on they regret it right but i'm not talking about those people i'm talking people who embrace the culture and um who generally have more than one tattoo and they don't you know they don't just have like the tramp stamp you know um and like with everything you can overdo it like you know when somebody has like full neck and face tattoos even i think like mm. i mean yeah power to you but like i wouldn't 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 want that um but uh yeah so so i feel like these people are usually the, the people who who don't worry so much about regrets and you know they're more in in the moment right people that do not get tattoos tend to be like oh i don't know what this will look like in 20 years or like will it will you know um for example, I have a tattoo. The first tattoo I ever got was uh, uh Chinese characters of uh the word Ningjing, which is uh <laughs> which means a serenity, um which is, you know, the logo of the or the name and the logo of the starship Fire in Firefly, you know, serenity. And people would be like, "Oh, like what what if I don't like the TV show anymore? Or What if they do a reboot rebo- and it's really stupid?" And um like why I would never get a tattoo like this, right? And and to me it's uh it's. I embrace that. I embrace this tattoo as a a personal thing I did at a very, mom- like, at a very specific time in my life, and it means something very specific to me. And if, you know, if they ch- if they change the TV show or whatever, Josh Josh, uh, we, you know, if Weeden turns out to be like a fucking. Um, this is his name actually why, why is my brain hanging? I'm like I want to call him Josh Whedon. That's not his name, is it? I'm Josh Whedon. Jesus, what the fuck? Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it doesn't matter if he turns out to be like a rapist. That doesn't matter. You know, that's not that's not me. That's not why I. You know, anyway. So that's. I think it's a. It's a there's a mental. Um, And I'm explaining this because I think this this will play into the story later. And I think I like those people who are like this. People who, you know, uh, who are not like, oh, what will this look like when I'm 80, right? I I get confronted with that all the time. People look at my arm and then go like, oh, aren't you worried what this will look like when when you're 80? And I'm going like, dude, when I'm 80, I look like shit. I look like I'm 80, Right. Like even if I have a blob because the whole tattoo just like melted, my arm will look like that anyway. I'll have wrinkles. Like I'm luckily if I get a become 80 anyway, you know, you know, forget to that point. But like at that point it's, you know, that's the other thing, like tattoos grow with you, they change. And you know, yes, they're not as nice in like 40 years, but like it's part of your life. Um, and I think it's actually, you look much cooler when you're 80 and you have lots of like faded weird tattoos than if you don't, <laughs> you know, it'd be a lot more interesting. Um, but I mean, that's, I think this 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 mental approach, it's kind of like, um, I, f- I feel like this is often why like, you know, people like bikers are also tattooed because if you ride a motorbike, you have to be a bit, a little bit like that as well, because you know, you're doing something dangerous. You are... Um, And I've talked about this before when we talked about COVID and, you know, the the pandemic and SARS-CoV-2, whatever, Um, and being afraid of something like this, right? If I was afraid of something like this, I would be much more afraid about getting on my motorbike because it's a very risky thing to do. And you have to embrace that. You have to embrace you're doing something and there might be negative consequences down the road. And that's like, you know, if you get a tattoo, that's the same thing. Now I think this will become uh, important later. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to that anyway. Why am I talking about this whole thing? Uh, because uh, I mean there is a EU regulation that's been around since I don't know forever. Wait, I can I can actually look this up. I researched this all yesterday and it's from 2006. It's called REACH, Registration, Evaluation, Authorization, and Restriction of Chemicals. Um, It's EU-wide regulation, and it regulates all kinds of chemicals, like toxic substances generally, you know, things like battery acid and stuff. Like, you know, there are rules for handling these and introducing them to the market and stuff like that. Now, um, they decided, I think, I don't know, two years ago, whatever, to to, um, have some tattoo pigments tattoo inks be included into this or generally be included into this list which mostly affects two uh, tattoo uh, pigments which i'm going to talk about a bit later Um, and that that has all created a lot of consequences a lot of people didn't like this was very much under the radar and a lot of people only learned about this like this year uh when or like a few months ago when a a number of because this is going to take effect in January 2022, um, when lots of tattooists were like, wow, we can't fucking do our art anymore. This is really horrible. Um, So, um, generally, um, when they introduced this, uh, the EU said, the restriction covers, for example, chemicals that cause cancer or genetic mutations. Mm. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean... If it causes a genetic mutation that doesn't cause cancer, like, why do you care? Right? It, <laughs> if it causes a genetic mutation that does not have a phenotype, like, why do you care? But anyway, uh, well, this this goes through the whole process. Uh, uh, this, this whole legislation is an example of something I actually despise that happens a lot these days, not only within the U, I think everywhere, but uh it's it's very prevalent in the u government as well or in generally in government in europe in germany for example um but i also think in the us we live in a in a time where everybody thinks they're very scientific uh you know politic politicians who have generally most of them have no idea how science works they 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 didn't have scientific jobs i mean there are uh um exceptions to the rule but they're very few and far in between you know um, but everybody, journalists they are all like, Oh, we are also scientific. But very few of these people actually know how science works. I've actually worked ever any done any, you know, scientific work, you know, which is not like not having done it isn't bad, like if you um if you then like educate yourself in that field, but they don't, right? And so everybody like basically talks the talk, but doesn't walk the walk. They're all, we're so scientific, and this is all based on scientific evidence. And they even, uh, you know, make, commission studies, like we're going to talk about in a second here, the EU did. They commissioned a study, but the study is bullshit. And, you know, the, first of all, the studies well, the study is generally bullshit, but, like, even then the study gives you, even the bullshit study gives you a, a certain... um Result, and then they just like ignore that result, or they ignore any like scientific common sense that you would have. Uh, I even when you co- co- commission a study to ask if it's something bad, and the study says, "Well, we don't know, probably not," and then you go, "Oh, we're going to regulate it anyway because it might still be bad." Like that, I fucking hate that. It's like double standards, hypocrisy. You know, people, oh yeah, scientific study, and then you just as as the result of this study your process makes a mockery of anything that is rational evidence based you know scientific thinking it's just it drives me up the wall anyway we're going to get to that a little bit later well so they um they say um The restrictions covers, for example, chemicals that cause cancer or genetic mutations and chemicals that are toxic to reproduction as well as skin sensitizers and irritants. The aim is not to ban tattooing, okay, but to make the colors used in tattoos and permanent makeup safer, which is a laudable goal, right? If you do that correctly, it's a laudable goal. And I'm going to come back to that at the end. But what they're doing is shit. So basically what this affects, this affects um, two pigments green seven and blue 15 colon three 15 three i don't know blue 15 green seven they're generally called um and you think okay so it's just two colors but basically colors are mixed from pigments right so this would result basically in only red yellow orange and black inks still being available i'll put a link in the show notes to like some tattoo website where they they have a no this is actually yeah this is the petition uh against this regulation and they have a a chart of a common tattoo uh, ink manufacturer with all of the colors. um, And then they have, you know, they redacted the chart to show, like, what would be left after this. Because, you know, if you take blue and green out, you know, you can't mix a certain spectrum, which is anything that's based on blue and green. So the only thing you have left is red, yellow, uh, you know, shades of red, obviously, black, some gray and white. Um, you know, which is, uh, yeah. So basically imagine you're a, you're an artist and it's, you know, good tattooists are artists. Um, and some, some government tells you, well, you will not be able to use 80% of the color spectrum anymore to paint because that is dangerous to people's health. This is basically what this is about. Um, so... So that's that's what that caused. Now let's see, let's go into the reason of why they want to ban these two uh pigments. So this is uh actually from a uh, it, uh all these links are in the show notes, private system not pressed. This is from a to two website that explains uh this problem and um They say, back in March 2015, the EU Commission asked the European Chemicals Agency to prepare a dossier for assessing the risks to human health to determine the chemicals obtained in mixtures used for tattooing and permanent makeup. ECHA, in in collaboration with Italy, Denmark and Norway, uh, the the best countries, uh, the biggest countries, with most of the scientists, (coughs) uh, prepared a dossier stating that the risks to human health from exposure to certain chemicals and tattooing are not adequately controlled. In addition, blue 15 is already banned in some cosmetics, in particular in hair dyes. ECHA believes the substances prohibited for the skin should not get under the skin either. At the same time, blue 15 is approved for all other fields of applications in cosmetics, in particular for cosmetics that come into contact with the mucous membrane of the eye. Apparently it was the lack of information about the safety of both pigments that became the main reason for the ban on their use in tattoo inks at the same time at the moment there's uh, at the same time at the moment there's no alternative pigments whose safety would be higher than of the current blue 15 and green 7 pigments. So basically, we're commissioning a study. And the study says, well, you know, uh, this, there's already some stuff is already banned. And, you know, there might be, there might maybe be some risk. But basically, we don't know what the risk is. We, we have no idea. Um, and so the EU decides based on that, well, let's ban them. There's no alternative, let's ban them. Like without any consideration about the industry Uh, the artists that use these uh, colors the people who you know like a colorful ink under their skin and it's like if you if you think about it it's crazy uh so literally millions of people have been tattooed with these inks um i am i am one of these people um i have these inks under my skin right now right um and there's if you if you look around, there's many doctors and especially also of course tattooists that that have gone on the record and they're basically saying they've never observed any serious health issues after people getting tattooed. Um, there are of course allergic reactions, right? People get allergic reactions when they get tattooed, which is you know it's not a it's very minute number of people, but it happens. Um, it happens can happen because of of all kinds of reasons. Um, and it's is not, like, special in any way, right? Let's say, you know, it's that's, let's go back to a recent topic. Let's go back to the SARS-CoV-2 vaccines. Those cause allergic reactions in a huge amount of people. Um, you know, I, I personally had those very allergic reactions to, you know, To those vaccines. Um, These are known as vaccine side effects. They're not, you know, generally not bad. You know, we're not talking like, you know, um, allergic shock here. We're talking, uh, uh, you know, we're just talking vomiting, uh, skin rash, this kind of thing, right? Which, Which I had from the vaccines, right? But like, which is okay. But the one thing I don't understand is how isn't that like, how 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 can those vaccines be regulated and be okay and be on the market and now we're going to ban tattoo inks where, where you don't have that like well, maybe I, I don't i actually don't know what the current number is for the for the side effects um for the vaccines but i think they're in the 5% range maybe like and i would say people who got allergic reactions to tattooing are like in the point 0.5% range maybe or you know i mean it's it's orders of magnitude smaller um and it's also just an allergic reaction it doesn't like it goes away just like with the vaccine right i was feeling bad for like 2 3 days and then i'm fine and there's like no long term effects of that because it's an allergic reaction i have fucking allergic erec- er- <laughs> allergic re- erections <laughs> oh that's a that's a freudian slip I, I don't think I ever had an allergic erection, but all right. Um that would actually be bad because I, I, as what I wanted to say is I get allergic reactions when I go out in summer, like in like four, four months of summer, when I go outside, you know, I feel horrible. My nose, you know, hay fever. If I got, if I got an erection every time, that would actually be very, very strenuous. Probably not good for my cardiovascular system. Um, but yeah, so, you know, an allergic reaction itself is not that bad, so I can. I, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying these vaccines should not be on on the on the market. I'm saying, you know, if if if, if those are, uh, why what what's, what's the problem with the tattoo inks? Um, and uh, you know, there's there's been let's, let's call them rumors or fears that tattoo inks cause cancer, um, but there's there's no data for that. Um, there's no good research for that, and believe me, I, I've looked. Right, I've looked. Um, I've actually looked this up years ago. No, actually, yeah, this was a few years ago. So I have a tattoo from a tattoo artist who um, only works in black and white, which I'm okay. You know, I like I like collecting different kinds of tattoos, and um, she was um, she was she's extremely artistic. And uh, I, I wanted to have one of her tattoos, and I r- liked it really much. But, like, she saw my other tattoos, and she was like, um, so you are aware that, like, uh, colorful tattoo inks cause cancer? And I'm like, I'm not aware of this. I doubt it very much. Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I said, well, you know, my uh, <laughs> my wife's a biologist. I'm kind of interested in this kind of stuff. I'm going to look it up. And I went, actually, yeah, you know, not while I was getting tattooed, but later on I actually wrote her again on, I think, uh, instagram I would, like a few weeks later and i'm like i looked into this there is absolutely no evidence for that um that that doesn't mean it doesn't happen it means there are no studies There no i mean cancer studies are hard, right they're long-term studies um I, I i i am you know i wouldn't be surprised um if tattooings cause cancer every like you, you know Alcohol causes cancer. Smoking causes cancer. Light causes cancer. Air can cause cancer. like everything. Fucking causes cancer. Of course, it's probably gonna cause cancer. The the question is how bad it, is it, you know, and is it? Uh, shouldn't you not do it because it? How big is the risk? And I always like I object to people who go like, oh, you should do this. It causes cancer. Like. Citation needed. How how bad does it cause cancer? Is it worth then is it worse than me going outside in Düsseldorf and breathing the air? Which is also a cancer risk because there's all kinds of shit in that air outside. Um and then people go, Yeah, but like you have no choice there. But with tattooing you have the choice. Yeah, of course. But if I don't know how high the risk is, you know, I'm I'm not gonna do anything, I'm not gonna stop doing something. On the general assumption that, you know, it might be bad, if I don't know how bad it is, that is just not, like, it's not how my brain works. I'm trying to think these things through rationally, that is just not rational. Um, Anyway, so I, I think her fear was based, I found some articles, which is actually interesting. Um, that um especially colorful tattoo inks probably not so much the like the the original black and blue inks but a lot of the colorful inks there are um deg- like your body breaks them down uh, quicker than the uh black ones so that's why also why they fade quicker and they end up in your um um what are they called the the what kind of remember the the this is when I talk off the cuff um your glands the uh uh oh god now i have to look this up what am i looking for i don't even know um um lymph nodes they end up in your lymph nodes um you know so, so they had people where they extracted lymph nodes from for you know a medical reason they had colorful tattoos and they, you could actually see the color in the lymph nodes which in itself isn't surprising, right? It's in your body. Your body breaks it down. Anything, anything that you put into your body is going to end up in your lymph nodes. That's what they're for, and some of it is probably going to stay there. That doesn't mean it's going to cause cancer. I mean, it can, but like the the point here being, we have no data on that. So, um, and obviously, I mean, nobody. I mean, I'm saying in the show notes, nobody has died of tattooing. That is, of course, not true people have died because they were tattooed, but generally to underlying um due to underlying uh, health problems right and mostly <laughs> because you're you're very far you're you're sticking a needle under your skin very very fast you know and there's issues if, if you have blood clotting issues and you can get a heart attack okay you know people get strokes it causes stress um yeah of course people are gonna die what i mean by that is you know nobody has died And then the medical examiner cut them open and went, oh, they got cancer, and it's because of tattoo ink. Because you can't fucking prove that. That doesn't... See, again, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That doesn't mean this doesn't cause cancer and people don't die of that cancer at some point. But we don't know. We can't prove that. We don't have any studies. It's not... You can't just... Cut somebody. It's it's like when we talked about Sars CoV two, right? You can somebody's dead. You can you can do a PCR test and you can say, oh, they had Sars CoV two. That doesn't prove they died from the virus. They might have been positive and got run over by a car, right? So this stuff is hard, and apparently it's too hard for politicians in Brussels. Um, so if you look at the EU's own study, which I linked in the show notes. Um, which was apparently the basis for this. I'm not going to quote from that because it's an asinine, stupid fucking study. Um, it bas- But it's still, it concludes the same thing. It concludes there's no reliable data. Now, a thing I am going to quote because it's a much better study. Well, this is not really a study. It's more of a report. But when the EU said they're going to legislate this, uh, the German government, or some, some politicians, I think, the German EU politicians went to the German Federal Institute of Risk Assessment, uh, Bundesinstitut für Risikobewertung, or BFR, and asked them to compile a report, and they compiled a report, which basically concludes the following. The BFR concludes that the currently available data for both pigments indicate only a comparatively low level of toxicity. However, since the available data on harmful properties of both pigments pigments are incomplete, the BFR is currently unable to provide a reliable risk assessment of these pigments when used in tattoo inks. In particular, no assessment can be provided for the potential health risks involving in, involved in injecting these substances in, into deeper layers of the skin, intradermal application. The BFR recommends supplementing the available data set for both pigments. And now comes the kicker: as currently available data indicate only a comparatively low level of toxicity, however, the BFR does not see an acute need for further action at this time. In the view of the BFR, further work in this area should take into account that the pigments blue 15.3 and green 7 might be substituted by less well-investigated substances. So they, re- reach a, they even put a, another banger there at the end where they go, hey, if you legislate this and these pigments go away, it's, well, it's likely that there are going to be other alternatives on the market that are even worse. Aside from the fact that we don't even know that they're bad, and you shouldn't take any actions, so what they are actually saying is the the reasonable thing. So if you're the EU, you are yeah, fuck the EU. <laughs> if you're the EU and you are um, you put well, let's let's uh, don't I have this don't I have this here somewhere? Might as well play the original because I like it so much. Fuck the EU. Yeah, fuck the EU. Um, if you're the EU and you commission a study and you you get that result, right? What you su- what you're supposed to do if you're reasonable and you know um, scientific-minded person, right? If you uh, believe in uh, in facts and in uh, the, the scientific process, then you go, oh, well, this, this this doesn't conclude anything. What we need now is more science. We need more studies. We need people looking into this. We're not going to legislate anything, put a hold on that and get some money and research this thing, which I would be all for. I mean, if it turns out this stuff is dangerous to my health, I'm not going to put it under my skin. I mean, I can't change that I already did it, but I, I won't be doing it, but I need fucking results, right? And and that's that's what you, you, you would think you'd do in this situation. Um, and I mean, there are, there are really bad studies on this. Uh, so there's basically a study, uh, which I also link in the show notes, Private Citizen Press, called Analytical Survey of Tattoo Inks A Chemical and Legal Perspective with Focus on Sensitizing Substances by. Some guys, uh, it uh, it's, was published by Wiley uh, in, in Contact, Dermatitis, Volume 85, Issue 3, which is horrible uh, because they, well, it's not horrible. It's like very straightforward, but like it's often cited as, look, these things are harmful, but they're not actually looking at that. What, what this study does is it looks at inks, available tattoo inks, and then looks at substances that, that are in there that are probably not good for you. But it it, it, does, it has no conclusion uh, on any, like, it doesn't actually have medical data on any health issues. They're just saying, look, this has, I don't know, we, we looked into this as this toxic material in it. We know this material is toxic, and it's presumably not good to put that on your skin. But the study is basically about what substances are in these inks, not what the effects are. Right, and they do some really crazy shit. Like, like so they, they did a survey of tattoo inks, including ordering some of Wish.com. Right? How the fuck? How the fuck does it surprise anybody that you order if you order tattoo inks from Wish.com, of all places? There's weird shit in there. You order anything from Wish.com, it's gonna be crap. Have gonna have crap in it. I wouldn't order coffee on Wish.com. Speaking of coffee. Cheers I mean, what the fuck <laughs> Who, why, why would you do something like this? who like no fucking tattooist is gonna buy his colors on wish dog I mean somebody probably does, and then they should they should not be in business, but like I mean seriously what, what what's what's that doing in your fucking study um yeah. So I think, and I wouldn't, I personally, I, I think this is a common sense statement I'm gonna make now. I, I don't think anybody is seriously arguing, except maybe if you're a shady tattoo ink manufacturer, is arguing for more data for regulating regulating the substances that are in tattoo inks. That's okay. If you if you if you commission the study and the study says, hey, there's shit in there that probably doesn't need to be in there that's probably toxic. All right. Let's regulate that. Right. And let's, let's do some more research and let's regulate that. But let's regulate it based on proper scientific data and, and, and sensibly. Right. You can't just, well, you can, which they're doing, which is dumb. You just take those colors away. It's going to, I'm going to talk about that at the end, but it's going to cause some other issues. Well, what you need to do is you need to survey, and then you need to work with the industry to make the product better as part of this regulation, and then you can ban it. When the industry had a chance to actually produce some colors that do the same thing that are better, then you can can start banning it. Right? That's be like. So, if you listen to this show, you may be a nerd uh, or a geek or whatever. You you're on the techie side like me. Right? For years, I've 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 written about. Uh, consumer home routers. And they're pretty much all shit. Especially when, you, when you're in the US. Like if you're in Germany, you have, a, you, you have one option. You can get a Fritzbox from AVM, which is relatively good. Not saying they're perfect, but you know I, I got one, for example, because it's the only proper one. But let's say you're in the US where you can't buy these things. All the routers you can buy are shit. They're all shit. All these companies... They're insecure. They don't have enough software updates. They have backdoors, hardcoded credentials. They have all these shit. The the whole market is all everything on the market is basically shit. Now you could go and say, "Oh, I'm a, I'm the government. I'm the EU. I'm going to legislate this. I'm going to outlaw all these home routers." And then people like from like January 2022. Without the, you know, working with the industry, without solving everything, anything. So at that moment, nobody would be able to buy a home router anymore. Nobody who doesn't already have one can be on the internet anymore. Well, tough luck. That's basically what they're doing. Except they're doing it in a very small niche situation where, you know, all these guys that are legislating this, and a lot of people on, on TV and, and whatever, on talk shows, don't have tattoos. They don't give a fuck. I think people who are tattooed are like, you know, getting, getting a tattoo is basically uh, uh, the first step, then you get addicted to drugs, and then you're homeless on the street. And it's like a, a causal, like, if you get a tattoo, you basically end up homeless on the street. That's what these people generally think. Um, which I know. Because I am, I have a tattoo. I often run around with my, um, like, if I'm in a business environment with professionals, I do this sometimes. I like doing this. Uh, it's kind of like when I had dreadlocks. I'll I run social experiments, right? I'm in a suit, and I can have two modes, right? I, I have, I have my sleeves. Normally, uh, like everybody else. Generally, ha- you know, just just have the sleeve, have the cuffs closed and everything, and you won't see any tattoos. Like they're all covered. And then sometimes I just unroll my sleeves, and you can see like my the tattoos on my lower arms. It's incredible how people react differently to you, based on that, which you know I understand because as I said in the beginning, I judge people based on tattoos, and other people do that as well. But like it's just it's just it's just amazing. Um, but, like, this legislation doesn't make sense on any level. Like, you know, there are all these other substances that have proven for years, decades, proven negative health effects that are not out, that are not legislated like this. Tobac- tab- Tobacco, alcohol, opiates, you know, substances used in magic- medical procedures. Do you know what they inject into your vein, you know, those radioactive fucking uh, traces? What, what do they use them? is it for CTs, is it CTs or CAT scan? You know there's fucking radioactive traces you get injected with when you when you you know they want to look at I don't know the blood flow in your brain or whatever. Read up on the side effects of that, and then everybody goes yeah, but that's for the me- for a medical procedure. That's okay. No, it's like no, what that is is you have a choice, right? You go to the hospital and then go like. You're really sick. We need to look at the blood flow in your fucking brain. So uh, please sign this paper that you're okay with getting this injected. And you're like, all right. And the same thing is if I go to tattooists, I literally have to sign a paper. In Germany, it's funny because uh, in Germany, um, if somebody was to tattoo me and I wasn't sign this paper, you have to sign a waiver, um, I could. it would be criminal for them to do that. It would actually be... Uh, I think Körperverletzung, Körperverletzung, or Schwere Körperverletzung, so like assault, like basically battery, um, legally speaking, right? They could go to jail for that. Um, so I have to sign like a waiver. I also have to sign sign like a waiver for the, uh, you know, the medical medical information, you know, they ask you, they do like an amnesia thing, like where they ask you like what your, what's that actually called, anamnesia, is that anam? What's the English ter- term for that? It sounds like amnesia, which is probably wrong. Okay, it's just m- medical history. Interesting. The German term for that is anamnese. It's from Greek. Uh, anyway, so, you know, you have to sign, like, medical history or whatever. Um, so I'm already signing that. Like, what's what's the difference? It's my fucking choice. It's like smoking, right? If I smoke, it says on the packet I can get cancer. Like, they could just put on that thing. Like, if you get tattooed, like, you, you're likely... to your arms' gonna fall off and get cancer and I, I can decide to do it and I'll still will do it um and also there is even there's stuff that is actively regulated by the EU uh that has uh or no not actually that is actually not regulated by the EU or not regulated enough that has proven worth health effects right i don't know i don't know but substances is not my not my actual area of expertise but i can tell you um, from my personal area of expertise which is it security that you know for example um, medical devices i have pacemakers uh, ieds so implanted um, uh, uh, what's the e stand for what the fuck is wrong with my brain today i haven't slept enough is it uh, no it's not i improvised implos- implosive explosive device uh implant defibrillator how did, what did we... probably not i um i c d implantable cardiovascular defibrillator i wrote i e d in the show notes no wonder okay let me just fix that <laughs> yeah if you get an i e d implanted that's definitely uh not good for your health. Uh, so ICDs, uh, implantable uh, cardiac defibrillators. So those are the things that you know people usually call them pacemakers. But a pacemaker is um, a pacemaker is always on, right? So if you have a pacemaker, your heart won't beat normally without the pacemaker going beat, beat, beat. Basically, in layman's terms, um, so it's always on. Uh, An ICD is just in there. Um, if you have a heart condition where, for example, your heart could stop, it's like getting those getting the pedals out, you know, and shocking you. Just it's on your heart already, and it it notices when your heart starts beating irregularly or stops beating, and then it shocks you. Um, like a ton of people have that, and you know, it's colloquially called pacemaker by man, by many people. But you know, um, I know a lot of cardiologists, so I like to use I like to use proper terms anyway. Um, but like those. If you look at those from a uh, IT security standpoint, those are not like, wolf, like there's almost no regulation there. This is like basically oh somebody you know the company does some proprietary tr- software we're going we're going to trust them. I actually, once wrote a story about ICDS in Germany. Um, a certain I mean it's an American company an Amer- American device um, that was hackable right. These are programmable. You can usually uh, I think modern ones are actually programmable by Bluetooth or even Wi-Fi, but like um, you know, the more classic ones, you'd have like this contact pedal uh, that you know, when the patient is there, you have to hold the pedal on their on their chest and then program them. Because I mean, they're implanted in your heart. You don't you don't want to cut the guy open to change a setting, right? Um, but like the security of those things are horrible. And I actually had a um, was writing about a certain device that had really bad. Uh, I think basically backdoor. It I think um, so. I was writing about this, and I, I tried to find out the regulation about this. And I talked to the German uh, federal uh, government institution that is responsible for um, certifying medical devices, and they were like, uh, "No, actually, this device is uh, so it's a, so it was an American company. Their main European headquarters was in the Netherlands, and they import them in in the Netherlands." And then sell them in Germany, and so they were. We're not. Uh, we, we. It's not our problem. Uh, you know, it's it's Dutch regulations. It's not. We don't even care. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, the German government is not regulating that people get implanted with things that, like, have a backdoor in it where you actually can, if you're close enough, you can fucking stop the device and eventually like kill people, or you can just. Um, have it shock people which you know with an icd if your heart beats normally you might know this from like first aid class if you shock somebody with those fucking paddles, with a defibrillator when their heart's beating you actually can stop their heart from beating and they will die um so like this is serious bullshit and it's like there's no fucking eu-wide regulation apparently where this is like illegal right when you have to have security updates and you have to audit your fucking the software has to be audited. they're not fucking auditing this software it's it's incredible it's like that that topic just cracks me up every time it's just hilarious but you know the EU isn't 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 regulating stuff like that because it's hard that's hard but like oh let's mess with some people with some tattooists we can do that let's 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 do that i mean it's 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 incredible um I just don't understand this. How can I decide to smoke and give myself cancer, but I can't say, oh, I'm just going to get this tattoo ink and give myself cancer. Where With the smoking, I know I'm getting cancer. We have hard scientific data for that. Like, it makes this shit, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And, I mean, this has lots of implications, of course. Like, I think what will happen is we have an industry that, you know, for matter of worst, tattooing used to be like a, a stigma, right? So it, it used to actually, you know, come from prisons and stuff. So it was like an underground culture for a long time. And I actually think it's very good that it came out of that, you know, and we now have actual artists and people who are proud of their work and their craftsmanship and their art and good equipment and, you know, health regulations that it needs to be sterilized and all that kind of stuff which is good, so I don't get fucking hepatitis when I get a tattoo, right? But what you're doing now is you're driving these people on the ground. You will now get backyard fucking tattooist again with, like, okay, I can't legally give you these inks because I can't buy the colored inks in the in the EU, so I have to, like, black market smuggle them in from the US or China or whatever, uh, but then I get into trouble, so we now we're doing this, you know, clandestine again. That. Oh, I nearly i nearly fell over um i i put my i was i wanted to put my elbow on my desk and i put it in front of my desk and i nearly fell down um today is uh, apparently not my day i've been up way too long writing my novel i guess um yeah that's that's what gonna what's gonna happen or there's gonna be like like the uh, the b f uh was b f r uh said um there's gonna be um alternative inks that are probably even worse. Um, I think what we have here is some politicians who don't give a fuck about tattoos and people with tattoos. They probably even don't like tattoos and they don't, you know, at worst, they're actively against them. At best, they know jack shit about the industry and what it is even like to get a tattoo. Um, and they're just regulating this because you know, I don't know they want this shit to go away or be banned or they want to mess with people I, I don't know, um, but it's also I think a very good example of like the EU regulate. Regis- <sighs> it's not my day, and I'm not gonna gonna cut this out because I'm on the level here with you. Uh, you know I want to this this is console uh, <laughs> journalism. It's uh, real. Um, I think it's um, it's. I mean, it's it's a good example of why EU regulations are dumb, sometimes. But it's also um, like it's really dumb. I mean, it's it's. You read this and you think, oh, this is some crazy Brexiteer propaganda. No, it's actually EU regulation. That is shit, and that came came out of a process that is shit that is very unscientific and and very illogical and uh, it's kind of like um, you know uh, at the like 2006 i think um lego which wasn't the only company because of that, but like lego high profile this you know you know those lego trains we all had as a kid you probably had them as well you had like this it was a plastic uh, a train track and there was a metal there were metal bits in there and basically you connected the train tracks to a, a mains uh, transformer, you had a transformer, you connect that to the mains, connect that to the train tracks, and then you had a, a little train that basically just was a, was a motor, like a real train, right, where the power actually comes from the track on the real train and the overhead lines, right, but like like that. And LEGO switched to having batteries in the trains. One reason was because the tracks would cheaper to produce. Um but it's like it's like shit. It's like shit for the environment because of the fucking batteries and it's it's shit for people. They don't like that. And I grew up with the I think it was the nine volt system. Before that they had the 12 volt system. And um nobody ever like no kids ever died because of that. Right I remember as a kid I would actually lick the train tracks because you get like a little jolt, right? Because it's like nine volt. I mean theoretically yes that the transformer can be broken and I think maybe you could th- theoretically get like two hundred and twenty volts on the fucking tracks, but I think there were lots of fuses in that. I don't actually i'm you know I'm not an electrician, but I think they were very well protected but like I think the bigger risk would probably have been that you uh like Put your finger in the in the power socket when you when you plugged it into mains. But anyway, so uh, there was some EU regulation. I think also in the US this time. But like, there was definitely some EU regulation. They had a new toy regulation stuff come out, where um, including like uh, stricter rules for like stuff connected to mains power, and basically uh, they they forced Lego to stop and other manufacturers who make not like Merklin who like markets their stuff to to grown-ups, right but like for kids uh you know to to stop this and nobody knew why because like yeah kids die because you know they put their hand in the fucking power socket but that happens all the time right that doesn't that's not due to these trains these trains certainly weren't like I had those everybody was playing with this like nobody was fucking nobody hurt themselves And I I mean, I I remember, I I think I started playing with this when I was, I must have been under eight. Um, And I mean, it was Lego, right? It was like foolproof. It wasn't like you could like really kill yourself with that. Um, It's like this stupid regulation like that, where basically there is no conceivable danger, but the EU goes, oh, we need to protect people. People are dumb. People are dumb. We need to protect them. We need to protect them. Um it's like all the fucking the smoking, you know, putting cut open lum- lungs on the fucking smoking packet. They've been doing this for decades and you're like it doesn't stop people from smoking. The people who smoke, they know that this can happen to them and they still do it for whatever reason. How long do you have to run a social experiment like that to un- to to understand that it does not work and I think in this I remember I haven't looked it up for the show, but I remember re- reading studies back in the day um, that there are actually good studies on why that doesn't work, like a p- psychological e- explanations for this kind of stuff. And uh, but still, they do it because you have to protect people, right? I feel like the EU often has like this unhealthy impulse, uh, you know, and, and to some degree, it's the German government's fault, which has a big influence on the eu i think this comes mostly from germany i think uh, france and you know the uk when they were still in the eu were um, more on the other side of the fence Um, but like there's this impulse to like protect your citizens like even against their own will right so this might cause cancer these people are willingly doing something you know that is it's not like also it's not like Makeup or like hair gel, where somebody might just go, oh, I'm just going to use that today, right? It's getting tattooed. Like it hurts like hell. People think, and it's going to be there for your whole life, people think about this really well before they do that, right? And you could just inform them that, you know, maybe this might cause cancer, but you couldn't really, really do that because you don't have any, you can't even do that because you don't have any data on that. So you're just going, oh, no, no but that's it. It's, this is dumb and and i think um, you know to 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 bring this um bring this back to a um to a more general like societal level um this it's like this impulse that these politicians have it's 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 bad on a on a lot of levels, and it gives the EU a bad name. And you know, generally, I've talked with Mike about this, and I've talked about this on the show. Show I'm a fan of the EU as a as a concept. I think we we need a single market in Europe. Um, it is um, like you can't doubt the positive impact the EU has had on our lives as people who live here, you know, like the, the decades of peace, it's, it's one of the organizations that is directly responsible for that. Um, you know, the, the positive changes in, in, in our lives. I, am not against like, um, homogenization of like laws and stuff. I think that's a good idea. I think it's, uh, it's generally a good idea if we have good consumer protection, you know, if we have that in Germany, you might not have it in France and, and in the Netherlands and every, everywhere. Um, I think that's generally a good idea, but like it's stuff like this, which heavily undermines it. And this is like the stuff where the Brexit or the anti-EU crowd, you just give them easy ammunition if you pull stupid stuff like that. On the other hand, I feel like people like me, who generally like the EU, have a very hard time to criticize the EU in the current climate when something like this happens. Because, um, I mean, this this story is a good example. There was not a lot of mainstream press coverage of this. Um, and I think it's less to do with journalists saying, or, oh, you know, not that many people have tattoos, because actually quite a lot of people have tattoos these days, especially like in the younger demographic. Um, so it doesn't interest the mainstream, uh, you know, reader or viewer or whatever I don't think that's the problem I think uh, this story I wouldn't say it was suppressed but I I, I can hear the the, the the discussions basically that were had in newsrooms because I've been in these I know how this works and then you know people are oh, if you're right about this then it's just going to be another like people going to use it you know to, to to say bad things about the EU and we all agreed here you know we're all friends of the EU right we all like the EU because we're enlightened fucking journalists um, so let's not Publi- Let's not, you know, write about this. Who cares about it anyway? Um, and I think um, it should be—that's um, the wrong approach, right? And then you you criticize a decision like this, and people immediately—that's the other stuff we always talk about this on the show—immediately put you in the in the AFD, you know, EU anti-EU Brexiteer, kind of pocket no i'm not like i'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not against immigration right i just i'm just saying guys in brussels you're making decisions that are bullshit and asinine and are dumb and the, the process that leads to those decisions needs to be changed if the eu the, its, its government organizations can go like uh I think we've identified a problem. Let's commission a study. Get a study. The study says, "Ah, oh, we 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 don't know if that's a problem." And then the, they go like, "Oh, we need to legislate that as if it was a problem." And if that can go through and become regulation and legislation and laws basically, then the 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 process is fucked and needs to be unfucked. We need to whatever it is. I don't know if it's like the way the uh, the, the the different EU... um like the the parts of the EU are structured, the different you know government uh, centers of power, how it all works. Like I don't know if that's the problem. Uh, maybe there's just not repo- enough reporting on this kind of stuff. Maybe there's not enough checks and balances, or like a way for the public to actually go, "Hey, this is bullshit. Stop with this stuff." Something something in this whole process is fucked, and we need to we need to analyze what it is, and we need to fix it. I think. And I think it needs to be uh, a valid. Yeah, you need, be a- you need to be able to criticize the EU. Right, you need to be able to go like the EU generally is a good thing. I'm generally a fan of the EU. Many things it has done, but some th- some things are just dumb and shouldn't be. And you really don't need like a made up made up example of like banana regulations when you have regu- regulations like this. This is fucking banana legislation like this is bullshit if you read this how this came across uh, or how this came to be it's just like it's 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 idiotic it's just dumb like it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense on any level you're trying to protect people that that don't want to be protected from something where you don't even know you need to protect them from in a way and then you like not only are you doing that, you're also doing that in a way which is, in reality, probably cause the exact opposite, and is actually going to cause danger to the people actually trying to protect. Like, how how can th- something like this happen, and nobody, like in whatever the, the 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 EU Parliament or the the any any kind of council, not stand up and say, look, have you looked at how this came to be? This is shit. We need to stop this. What are you guys doing? (sighs) Yeah, so um, I think it goes, what I'm trying to say, it goes way beyond uh, tattoo ink. And it's probably going on with, well, it is going on with lots of other topics um, all the time. And we need to fix it. I'm not saying any other, you know, I'm not saying the way the US government does things is is necessarily better, you know, and all political systems have issues. But if something like this can happen, you definitely have. There's definitely something wrong. There, there's something completely wrong. I, I mean, there have been certain um, other regulations. For example, in the U.S., a good example is under Trump how they uh, just basically regulated vaping. <laughs> you know, that was uh, that was as dumb. Where basically, uh, I don't know, some guys, some shady manufacturer for vaping liquid and and I mean THC. Um, like it wasn't normal vaping liquid. It was actually like weed-infused uh, vaping liquid. And they, to make the, I think they were putting uh, cannabis extract in there and for some reason to make that, like, I'm, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but I think to make that uh, vaporize, they put like a, a vitamin, some vitamin in there. I don't know what it was, but basically if you inhale that, You get lung damage and you can actually die. And some people died, like, I don't know, 6, 12 people died. Um, And then they're outlawed basically vaping. And now, like, um, obviously the tobacco companies took that as a huge, um, they probably, I don't know if they were behind it, but that's like the conspiracy theory, which is, not unbelievable to me knowing what the tobacco companies did in the past, but they basically went, hey, this is good. Now, now we can market our, like, pseudo-vaping stuff, you know, that IQOS kind of thing where you're, like, you're taking tobacco and you're, like, you're not really vapor, you're atomizing that or something, you're not burning it, but basically using tobacco. And they, they had to get rid of vaping because, of course, vaping doesn't use tobacco, like actual vaping. Ah, there's the police coming to arrest me. No, no, no. They're going, they're going past. Oh, no. They're circling. Well, okay. Let's see how long I can, I can be critical of the EU here. <laughs> no, just making, i just making fun, of course. Um, yeah. So I mean, st- stuff like that, and then like the Trump government ran with it, even though it was like idiotic. You're like you get, you get like ha- tens of millions of people vaping, like twelve people die, and then you're like, oh, vaping's dangerous. Well, if it really was dangerous, a lot more people would die. Also, it would, you know, it was specifically traceable to a specific t- kind of vaping liquid. You could just, just outlaw some guys in the garage doing this shit not properly. Uh, and then the problem would have been solved. But yeah, so it's, you know, the, the US, for example, they there are problems like this as well. I'm just picking on my local... Uh, Local, big government, or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, let's get out of the topic. We have some, we have a lot of feedback to get through, so uh, let let's do that. And as always, uh, go to privatecitizen.press, which is you will not only find the show notes and all the links there and all the materials, but also a contact address contact link in the very top, and then you can give me some feedback, which I always appreciate. And I had some very special feedback uh, this week from uh, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, who's been a producer of the show for a long time, who's given us invaluable feedback. Uh, He's from Moscow, and he's given us really good insights into, especially around the uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, about how that was handled, uh, in russia and, and in, into russian culture and generally and in general and this is just a really cool guy uh, as i like to say a gentleman and a scholar and um he wrote back and and he, i i realized i hadn't heard from him a long time i was actually wondering about that and uh, he has a damn good reason why he didn't he didn't write in Yevgeny says, finally caught up again. Can't resist commenting on the I'm not in the risk group idea mentioned in the feedback section. I used to think that too, yet have spent three weeks in ICU. Um, So now I have some new respect for the Delta or whatever Greek letter it is now variant. The bugger doesn't seem to care if you're young and healthy. I wrote about it in my blog, partly as a warning for those um, who don't take the whole thing seriously. Anecdotal, I'm sure, but I wasn't the only person my age uh, in that ICU. Um, this is a very good story links in the show notes to Yevgeny's blog it, it's it's written in English. Um, it is uh, it's a long text. Um, it's very well written. I think it's very emotional but uh, you can tell that he is a um, you know he uh, is, a, is a trained uh, psychologist he's like a, he works works in a medical hospital and you can that's why I always read his emails and often read them out on the show. Um, you can also often tell that, uh, that he has a scientific, well, you can always tell that he has a scientific background. He's very, very reasonable and rational and, um, you know, uh, the, the way he talks about things. And even though this text is very emotional because he's obviously, uh, he nearly died. I mean, and that, this is not a, you know, I always laugh about when people who, I don't know, everybody's a survivor these days, right? you're like, uh. And on a rape survivor, even though you you wouldn't you wouldn't you weren't actually in danger of dying, because I think presumably you could have f- killed yourself or like people are all kinds of uh, you know depression survivors that you know Yevgeny's an actual survivor. He was in a coma and he was he came very close to dying twice. Uh, he actually he was on an ECMO, which uh, you know what I know from the success rates of those, uh, it's pretty much a coin toss. Um, so he survived that, even though it nearly killed him. Um, it's, it's a very good text. Uh, re- read it in his blog. Um, I just wanted to, um, you know, we talked to him about, uh, you wrote in about LASCO V2 as well. Oh, this is actually, oh, it's a fire brigade. Ah, looks like something's burning. I'm just looking out the window. There's a huge ladder truck. Um, it's quite far away. Oh yeah, no, they're getting out. Okay. I'm, I'm going to keep you, keep you updated. Um, if, if I have to stop the show because the whole, uh, the whole uh building well it's not like our buildings like the building across the road um well it's it's uh, it's a distance away it's not right right across the road otherwise it would be much louder um if you can actually hear the fire engine but uh i'll i'll, I'll keep you updated it's actually i think that's where the kindergarten is hope the i hope the kids are okay um anyway um it's so well worth a read. I just wanted to object to something he said and I've actually talked to him about this and I think he agrees with me um, about the whole um, risk group, right? I don't think he wasn't in a risk group. I just, uh, I think we we don't know what risk group he was. He obviously was in a risk group. I mean, he had something, um, I mean, he had a, a, a serious, he had actually had COVID-19, like seriously, life-threateningly. And um, there's obviously something that, you know, that that he, he has that nobody that that not everybody else has right he's, he's my age he's born in 83 otherwise we, we'd we all end up in the ICU when we get this virus which we don't so there, he's in some risk group we just don't know which one also uh you're saying um you know people as a warning people doesn't don't take this whole thing seriously um I hope he doesn't mean me because I've been very very um I mean I'm skeptical yes about a lot of things but I, I, I I hope, I never gave anybody the impression here that I don't take this whole um, illness seriously. Um, I take it seriously. I'm just trying to take it logically as well, you know, and judge the risk. That's why, you know, I as compared to riding a motorbike, I still think that risk is higher. I mean, I could still, ha- I could, is true is, is right. I mean, I could have the, whatever same factor he has. And if I get it, I actually die or like, you know, end up in ICU for, for three weeks, um, which I don't want to but since i don't know like that's not a you know i can't really judge that risk or i have to risk judge it like you know how high is uh, the risk to you know uh, get run over on my motorbike by a car and i still think that's significantly higher that's not that's not taking it not seriously i hope people understand that i just want to reiterate that also uh, he says yeah, i wasn't the only person my age in an icu and he talks about that but i think that is actually in some regards a s- selection bias yes there are many people our age you know like end, end of 30s in the icus um, but that is also because if you're older you uh most probably won't make it to that icu or you won't be there much- very long because like if you read Yevgeny's uh thing and the stuff he went through if he if he had been older and had you know serious cardiovascular issues or any like you know serious co-comorbidities um he would he would have died like he would have not like the, the like he has he as he himself says he's re- he's healthy young and healthy um relatively young you know <laughs> we're not that young anymore yevgeny but you know that um, the strain they put his body through and the effects that had, if you imagine he would have been like oh, seriously overweight, like obese, or like had a serious heart condition or whatever um, or pre-existing lung condition or I don't know whatever, um, he he would have died, like he would have not made it I'm glad he made it um, I'm I'm glad you're still able to write feedback, uh, Yevgeny because I appreciate it uh, every time, so please people please go to that blog read that story it's very well written it's it's really well written it's a, it's very good text and i don't say that lightly uh, as a professional writer um update from the fire situation across the road uh the they have now turned the lights off oh no the lights are back on huh but they're not extending the light la- it doesn't look like i don't see any smoke uh maybe they're just rescuing the cat but then they wouldn't have the lights on would they I can't really. There's stuff in the way, so I can't see it completely. But it doesn't look that serious. It's only also only one car, you know. Usually, when something <coughs> sorry, my dry throat. Still, see if I can squeeze some more coffee out of this French press. Um, usually, when something really bad's happening, there's <laughs> at least three cars at that time over here. Oh, now they turned the lights back off. Hmm. It doesn't look serious. Maybe just a scare. Anyway, uh, let's let's continue with what Yevgeny wrote here. Um, uh, as for the topic of episode 94 proper, so uh, that was a previous episode uh, where we talked about, uh, so if you're not a private citizen, I'm just doing that live, .press, episode 94, Lord of Dragons. We talked about Drachenlord, the German YouTuber, and, like, his problems with so-called haters and, and you know, his his mental situation. And, and Yevgeny writes, um, I'm not that versed in German so as to do meaningful research of my own. But the first question I have after hearing the episode, was that guy assessed for mental health? I mean, you keep reiterating how his behavior and his reactions were illogical and obviously served his own detriment. How his actions look unreasonable and unthoughtful. How he cannot act outside of what his emotions drive him to. To me, that reeks of a mental condition. And being a psychiatrist and a psychiatry teacher, uh, those are words I don't use likely. Perhaps the guy needs help. Maybe he can even get it while he's in jail, if he's lucky. Um, I agree with you. I think, no, I don't think he has. I don't have full information, but I don't think he has ever been... uh, Assessed, I, he himself uh, talks about that he went to psychoanalyst. I think this might be connected to his first conviction, and I think he he says he only did one session, and the guy was an idiot, so he never got got back. But in his recent conviction in the court, uh, there were actually um they read out some kind of medical report where he was basically classified as having quote below um average intelligence. But I don't think he was ever like seriously um like examined. And he uh Yevgeny says maybe he can even get it while he's in jail if he's lucky. I actually um you know I've obviously never been in jail. This is not a topic that I know that much about. But from what I understand, German uh, jails are really good compared to like a lot of other countries um, when it comes to actual like psychological evaluations and stuff and uh, i think if he has to go to jail um he will definitely end up being um you know at least being offered help because i can i cannot see with his life how it's going outside and freedom um i cannot see him not having significant problems when he's in jail you know german jails are not like american jails where they just lock you up it's like oh it's more than one oh a car just moved and now i can look across there's two cars with leathers on there so it's wow well, it's more and i've turned the lights back on <laughs> Oh what the heck's going on there uh probably just uh one of these smoke detectors going wild again it seems to happen quite a lot hmm. still can't see any fire um interesting um yeah, so I can't see him not having problems and not at least getting offered help and probably getting forced. Um, I, I personally, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, uh, uh, but I, I, I feel like the guy has serious issues. Um, that, 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 that He could probably have been helped. If he went to a psychoanalyst and, you know, if, if they managed to convince him to stop doing YouTube, that would probably have solved his problem just getting out of that like he did the cycle he built for himself where he just you know um basically i've been thinking about this topic the whole week since i recorded that last episode and uh um you know i, I called it um bullying and i'm not sure it's bullying what's happening to him it has i mean it, it, what his haters are doing to him um are the same things people that bully other people are doing um and i'm not saying it's good uh, I'm not saying I, 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 I think it in any way can be defended I'm just saying usually bullying as somebody who's experienced as as, as um, years uh, of experience in in relatively uh, I think pretty bad bullying um, usually when you experience bullying you're in a situation where um, you can't get out like I was in school I couldn't get out of like that class where people were bullying me um, if if I had had the opportunity, if anybody had given me the opportunity, I I jumped at getting out of there and just getting into a new school or getting into a new class where maybe the situation was, was better and that would have helped me. And I actually got that situation finally, when I spent a year in Australia in school and after that I was okay. So it did, it worked. It completely worked. After that, I went back to the same school with the same people and like, they couldn't do anything to me at all anymore. You know, the, fire brigade seems to be leaving so uh, i think we're alright nothing's burning down um right um and his whole situation is characterized by him he could get out of this situation in several ways he could stop youtube for example i mean now it would be hard but like you know a few years back you could just i say just stop youtube if that's the thing you love it's a hard decision but he could have done that and i can remember i was getting bullied so bad i would have done a lot of things um that i really didn't want to do but just to get out of that um so you know i I, if i could have moved somewhere and i didn't want to move i like the place i was i like you know but would have still done it um but you know it wasn't up to me because you know as a kid you can't just move Uh, um, but like you know i feel like it's it's a different it's not a I mean, it might be bullying, but it's not a, a traditional bullying situation. Because what's happening here is he experiences something and then he actually causes more of it. And he knows he's causing it. And to make it even worse, in his case, I mean, his whole YouTube channel, if you watch it, and I've watched, I don't know, dozens of hours of his videos now... He used to actually have content and talk about metal and, you know, stuff in his life. And his whole content for years now is just the haters and what they're doing. And he's, he basically just only does vlogs anymore or, like, streams and plays video games. But he, he talks the whole time about the haters and what they're doing. That is his content. He made this bullying, if you want to call it that, into his content. And also that's why he can't stop it, because he makes money of that. He makes money of getting treated like that. And I think that's the problem. And that's, I think, the um, the cycle he has to break through. And I think the only way you can do that if you're that deep into it is like with professional help, which he obviously didn't want. It. I mean, if he had the ability to get it, um, I think in Germany, I mean, the guy doesn't have any money, but in Germany, um, he could have gone to, you know, social, social, you know, the government basically, and say, look, um, he could have gone, gone to like a health like the 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 social health system um and they actually pay uh for psychoanalysis if you can if you can show that you know you are actually having significant issues mental issues uh, with whatever's happening to you and and i think he could have easily shown that and i think he would have gotten uh help for free I don't think he, he wants to. Anyway, continuing with what Yevgeny is writing. Also, I am absolutely against any legal actions in response to the provocative words of his haters, as long as they're just words. Yet I despise those people who knowingly triggered the guy out of his balance, whether for fun or out of boredom. Uh, he suffered great pain as a result of what they said and how they said it. That much is obvious. I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but in a healthy society, these actions, despite not being totally legal despite being totally legal, should be punished socially. People need compassion, not trolling, and the society needs to clearly mark such behavior as shameful and indecent, um, which is happening. I mean, uh, the society is, you know, press, everybody's saying the haters are at fault. Um, I, I generally was actually working against that. I agree with you. I think um, I despise those people as well, but, you know, we can't do anything. Like it's if, As long as they're not doing anything illegal, um, I don't think you know, if if they're not doing anything illegal, they're not doing anything illegal and we can't stop them as a society and we shouldn't. Um, as I said, I think it's it's two parts of a coin. I think these so-called haters are only part of the problem. They are not the whole problem. Um, and some of those people are also not a problem. Some of those people are not hating and are not, co- like, basically, they're standing on the other side of the road on public property of his house and he chooses to engage with them to see that they're standing they're not they're not a threat to him they don't shout at us they're not doing anything and he comes out and he starts the confrontation quite often um, so in, in that case he is actually the aggressor um, and I don't think these people should be punished I think the guy needs help I think that's the problem um, I agree with you that people need compassion but it's also hard to have compassion for a guy like that he's also like the videos he does are ser- seriously um, I, I mean i don't get triggered by videos i'm like whatever you want to do but like you know he uh he said he says it was joking but but once on his discord and plus was published right he talked to like his fans he said the holocaust was a nice thing and then he did a video about it and said oh i was wrong i didn't meant the holocaust i meant hiroshima so that's a nice thing i don't know um you know the, when the uh attacks in vienna were happening he's like what what the fuck do i what do i give a fuck about this like i have like uh terrorist attacks on my house every day um there are people dying all over the world i don't care i'm being bullied like he says like really dumb things and i i i can see that it's logical for some people to think okay this guy's saying stupid stuff on youtube and then you go in the comments and you tell him you're stupid you should stop saying this and he bans all of those people and then he put his address in his fucking YouTube description and then people think the logical thing is to go to his house and tell him in person, which if they don't do anything illegal, I don't think itself is bad. Um, so I have very little compassion for the guy. I have a lot of compassion for his fucking neighbors. I mean, they, they're not... And this is actually, I think, why the community bought his house to get him the fuck out of there, because he's, he's he's he is basically terrorizing the whole neighborhood. I mean, he with the stuff he started, of course, also the people coming there, they're all part of it. It's like all one thing. And I think we can't just go, hey, he's a poor guy. He's been triggered. Um, these people are despicable. Uh, he is to some degree also despicable. I, the whole situation. That's why I think it's hard to talk about it because you can't, I don't think you can separate that. I think that it's, it's, it's a lot of fault on both sides. Also, the haters are not all the same, right? Some of them actually throw stuff at his house and do illegal stuff and they should go to jail. The police should be there and they should be fucking arresting them, whatever they need to do, Find them, you know, but not those other people who are just on the other side of the street where they can be i mean now they actually you're not even allowed to go down the street anymore i think which is another whole can of worms i don't want to open um but yeah i'm not going to we're not going to um not going to get into that but you know it's uh, it's it's a very 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 complicated situation um Anyway, Yevgeny continues. These things differ between countries, of course. But as far as I know, the current consensus in mental health assessment, especially when talking justice or disability pensions, is that what matters is the effect of the condition the person may have on their functioning. Uh, I agree. I think that's what it is in Germany. I think the, in Germany generally the um, so so as far as I can understand the definition as as far as the medical definition, and we're not talking like you know i mean mental health not like what it does to your body like you know but like the mental health definition of being alcoholic is you start being alcoholic if it affects if you can't function normally anymore we're not talking you know you might be for some somebody who's a who's a liver specialist you know you might be an alcoholic way before that because your liver is fucked but like you know as a as, as a mental health disorder, like mental health disorders are characterized by it stops these people from functioning normally in their daily lives. Uh, Evgeny continues, quote, intelligence below average has very little per se. The question is, does his, behavior, does his behavior that leads him to having issues with people being a burden on his community and eventually breaking the law result from his condition? Or does it have other reasons, i.e. being lazy, wanting to hurt someone, simply not caring, being a jerk generally? Could he have avoided the situation he ended up in if he didn't have the condition in question? Can some kind of treatment fix it so that his condition no longer has that his condition no longer has such a negative negative effect on his life? These questions are usually very hard to answer, but that's what ps- psychiatry does, among other things. Thanks for this insight, by the way. It's fascinating. And it is mostly agreed that where a bad person, i.e., criminal, criminal, should be punished. The ill person who. Whose antisocial activity activity results from the illness should be helped and treated i completely agree with you um, i don't think you can even separate that i think it's both i think he is um he definitely has issues um and 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 fixing those issues i.e for for example getting on off youtube or whatever fascination he has with like his ego broadcasting it to the world it's not only youtube it's like not the platform right but it's like that behavior uh I think that could solve it, but still I think he also is lazy and he's a, he's an asshole. Um, you know, I have I've watched a lot of his videos now. I think that is, at least in my mind, is clear. Um, so it's again, it's uh it's a combination of the two. Um and I think, yes, I mean, I think he he did some things that were illegal. I think it's okay that he's being convicted. Um and in Germany, like that is only like the first step, right? So he 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 broke the law, and you get convicted for that. Now the decision afterwards com- comes: do you go to jail, or do you actually get psychological help, or do you get psychological help in jail? I'm not happy with the decision they made there. I think because I never think I never think they saw him as a sick as somebody who actually has mental health issues. Um, that was never... The court never... You know, they had no no specialist there. They didn't examine him, whatever. Um, I think they should have done that. I think he should get convicted because he break, broke the law. That's how, you know, uh, society that... that that You know, the, the rule of law and how that works. Um, but after that, there's the decision. I think he's a sick person and he needs help. I don't think he needs to be punished. I don't think that will work either. Um, I don't think... I mean, if... If punishing circumstances would stop this guy from doing what he's doing, he would not be doing it anymore. Because he's been punished enough over the last seven years by people who fucking destroyed his whole house and everything. You know, if he was uh, responsive to that kind of um, cause and effect, I think that that we wouldn't be in this situation. Um, Yeah. It also opens, uh, Evgeny continues, um, it also opens a whole other can of worms, uh, re-rights and privacy what if the person refuses to undergo treatment what if they refuse to undergo treatment because they fail to understand they have a condition what if the condition itself is what doesn't allow them to understand they have it that last one is tough but comes surprisingly often when you break a leg you know your leg is broken your brain when your brain malfunctions it's the very same brain that is supposed to know you're okay and disability can be affected too right totally logical what if the condition makes them even refuse the assessment in the first place? In some countries, the court can order a mandatory ps- psychiatric evaluation for that very reason. You can do that in Germany, actually, although the bar is very high. I understand. In other countries, such practices are deemed fundamentally, fundamentally, fundamentally incom, incompatible. <laughs> can't read. incompatible with free will and thus unacceptable. Again, I'm not saying the whole angle even applies in this case, but that's the first thing I would like to check for. I think you're completely spot on right, Evgeny. I think that's exactly the problem here. I think, um, I mean, he went uh, in his own, from what he says, he went to a professional and the professional tried to help him and he went like, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to leave. I think whatever his problem is, is exactly that. He has a problem with seeing that there's a problem, right? Otherwise, he would have, I think, any, for better or worse, any sane person, I don't want to say he's insane, right? But like any normal person, I don't know what normal is, but like any person who can reflect more on their situation, uh, no matter how much they like to be on YouTube and in the public eye, um, would after like seven years of what that guy had went through, even like after one or two years, would have said enough. It's not worth it. It, it is definitely not worth it. I need to like we need to change something here, but I think the self-reflection is. I don't know if there's a psychological disorder. There probably is, where like you that that part of your brain, like your self-reflection, is just broken when it comes to yourself, and you just, um. You just can't do that. I think I think that's that's definitely the, the issue here. Anyway, uh, Evgeny, I'm and once again, I'm glad that you're right um thanks for writing in it's always very enlightening i mean it's of obvious worth to me to have a producer of the show who's an actual ps- psychiatrist i mean just listen to how the guy like argues and writes It's, it's, it's fascinating it's very really good thank you evgeny i appreciate it uh, a lot and i hope um you know you'll 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 get back to just your pre-covid 19 self um and if there's anything I can do, let me know. Um anyway, uh if you also have feedback on what I've said on this episode, maybe even on what Evgeny said, please go to private and let me let me know. Uh, I appreciate all kinds of feedback. You do not have to be um you do not have to be a trained professional to uh to do this kind of thing. Um right I'm just waffling because I'm trying to find a button on my stream deck here to play this bumper and I'm fucking uh, failing because apparently my brain's not up to scratch today I hope I hope this uh, still was a good episode for you anyway let's let's wrap this whole thing up So if this show uh, does some things that you like that are helpful to you, uh, I would ask you to consider to give back a little bit. We operate under the co- so-called value for value model. Links in the show notes about what that is. There's also links to Patreon. You can become a patron and you can send off uh, send one of monetary donation via PayPal, producers at fab.industries, the email address for that producers and fab.industries otherwise you're also a producer if you help out by you know giving feedback writing in, um you know sending us uh, interesting blog posts like Evgeny um, and now I'd like to uh, thank everybody uh, I appreciate all of the people who have helped uh, you know who have given monetary support to bring you this episode and we should all be thankful to them uh, and those people are Georges, Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Jonathan M. Heavy, Michael Mullen-Jensen, Dave, Michael Small, 1i11g, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Philipp Klostermann, IKN, Vlad, Rodane the Insane. Bennett Piata, Kai Sears, Tobias, Fadi Mansour, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Mode 7, Sandman616, David Potter, Rizal, Mika, Avis, Martin, Mr. Amish, Dave Amrish, Cam, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan, Captain Nakat, RJ Tracy, Rick Brack, D, Robert Forster, Superuser, S will see, and no reply. And I also would like to thank everybody who subscribed to my Twitch channel because, you know, that's where I live broadcast the show, and those people also help out um, with the subscription. Which is also money that helps keep the show running. Uh, so thanks to Mike the Dane, JonathanMH underscore com, Sandman616, Butterbeans, JJ Guevara, Bacon the Pork, Mode 7 is unavailable, IndieGameEx, Alter Gym, and RedeemerF. And I also have to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk, a British cloud hosting company who provide the servers and the bandwidth for the audio files of this podcast. Uh, without them, I couldn't do the show. So thanks to ByteMark, Mark. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, link to them also in the show notes, of course. And uh, that's it. Uh, now I just have to mention the theme tune of this show. It's called Acoustic Roots by Raoul, Raoul Um Thanks for this great song. And uh, yeah, speaking of songs, I'm going to play you out now. Um, this week, the ending song is called Serenity Now, which I like. Because it's kind of, you know, I like Serenity because of Firefly. But Serenity Now, I guess, is a reference to the Seinfeld episode, which is awesome. It's one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes. Serenity Now! Serenity Now! Um, yeah, and uh, that's a song by the Bloodwork Band. Um who is like a jazz project uh obviously all of this music i use in the bumpers are from epidemic sound uh licensed for epidemic sound and i really like the Blackback band and i've been getting into jazz lately a lot so uh, it's, it's pretty cool anyway um see you next week um i hope uh, to have another to have the show be back on wednesday that's the plan until then uh, aim to misbehave and uh, serenity now! <laughs>